Every business comes to life through its service experience. Your business success depends on whether your customers are loyal to you. That's where real value and profit is created. Great companies ubiquitously have great customer experiences. A thin red line divides those that invest and consistently deliver what their customers need and those that fail and get disrupted. In competitive and challenging times, leaders need to double down on their customer experience. Learn and grow the value you create. Grow your success. Be on the right side of that thin red line. This is the CX Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and customer experience guru, public speaker, and author. Your business success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to the Customer Experience Guru. Today, I'm very excited to have with me Adam Knight. Adam Knight is a hotel general manager who's done a lot of work at high-end hotels uh, across predominantly the Fairmont hotel chains from from city to resort locations, uh, the likes of uh, the Fairmont Olympic, uh, Newport, uh, Fairmont Royal Pavilion, uh, as well as the St. Regis Monarch Beach Resort. Uh, He's now currently uh, both a podcast uh, host on the Proven Principles Hospitality Podcast, and also owns a Knowing Hospitality, which is a hotel management company. Uh, I really wanted to bring Adam to the show to to share some great insights on the hospitality industry, which is, I believe, one of the best places to to look at for inspiration uh, in the customer experience space. So, Adam, uh, welcome to the show. Eric, it's great to be on. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So maybe if you can share a little bit about uh, your background and how you got uh, passionate about the customer and customer experience in general. Yeah. You know, it actually, honestly, it happened by accident. Um, I (laughs) really, I started in hotels, my very first uh, hotel job. I was a pot washer uh, uh, at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge uh, in the Canadian Rockies. And uh, at the time, it was a Canadian Pacific Hotel. That name, they, mm-hmm. they then became Fairmont. We can get into that uh, detail at some point if, if you're uh, interested. But uh, no, I uh, the only thing I knew when I finished high school is that I didn't want to go to college. I just wanted to, to get out and start working. So I applied for, of course, applied for a job when you're 17 at a ski resort. Why not? <laughs> um, so got hired. And that was my first opportunity to come in contact with people from around the world, uh, you know, different cultures, different work styles. Uh, and I had never been in a place that had so much energy and so much action and just uh, a g- good vibe and everything mm-hmm. about it just spoke to me and what I wanted to do. So I stuck around there for a little while and then ended up moving back to my hometown of Edmonton, Alberta. Um, took a, a job as a bellman at a hotel downtown there, moved hmm. up to the front desk. And after a, a few years of working at that hotel, I, it had been at that point, you know, four, almost five years of uh, being out of high school. Right. So we figured I should probably get, you know, a little bit of more formal education. So got applied for and, uh, and got accepted into a hotel management program in Victoria uh, mm-hmm. did that for a couple of years. I was the old man at 23 <laughs> in the class uh, with a bunch of, you know, just recently high school uh, graduated students, but it was a lot of fun again. Uh, finished that program and then picked up my career back with Fairmont again 
in Calgary, and then things really took off from there. Um, I was uh, transferred to uh, Bermuda for a little while, and then that's and then I came to the U.S. in 2004, and I've been down here ever since. So I had a chance to move all over the U.S. in different operational positions, mostly with Fairmont. Started in food and beverage, moved over to rooms, back to food and beverage, and then took on uh, oversight of um, uh, of the entire operation uh, at one of the hotels, and then eventually made my way up to general manager. I left Fairmont about five years ago, uh, joined the St. Regis Group in Southern California, and uh, had a fantastic experience at a great big 400-room um, right. resort down there, uh, and then moved into a VP of operations role with a company in San Francisco, and then found my way up to Seattle a couple of years later, and, and the rest is history. That's an amazing story. A lot with, with phenomenal brands, phenomenal hotels. I've stated a few of them. Uh, phenomenal experiences, which really gets me to the, the next kind of topic area I'd like to talk about is when I think about hotel experiences, there is a huge element which is really about the experience and the perception that you're portraying. Uh, why would somebody spend uh, maybe two, two times, three times more to be just around the corner from another hotel to be at a higher end hotel chain? Can you share a little bit in terms of how you create the magic behind it? How do you create this perception, this, these amazing experiences, uh, and how do you instill that across an entire team uh, of, of team members? Yeah. How long do you have? How, do you have... <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret sauce here. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, it's it doesn't happen by accident. I think that it's important mm -hmm. to, to know that there is a lot of time and effort and dedication and trial and error and talking to your customers and talking to your team that that makes all of that eventually come together the stars align in that way mm -hmm. um the the things that the great hotels do is that they're able to create emotional connections to the space and mm -hmm. And, and I mean, you could probably just think about your own personal experience when you go traveling and, you know, I'm sure your listeners have stayed at many hotels and some they just have more of an affinity to than others. And it's, it's really hard to put your finger on why that might be the case. But again, the ones that do it well have a way of getting their hooks in you and get you to, you kind of buy into the story, you buy into the. The, the experience that the hotel is putting out there. It, it, it's, I liken it to the great hotels engage all five senses mm -hmm. in a way where nothing is overpowering something else um, and nothing, one of those five senses isn't, isn't doing a poor job of engaging your five senses. Like everything <laughs> has to work, but right. that's the methodical nature by which um, great hoteliers put out a great product. Uh, a great, great way to position it. And I, and I think particularly when I think of Fairmont Hotels as an example, a brand that's actually done this quite well consistently and just, it feels different. It's more than just the property. You talked about the Jasper Lodge, a phenomenal location, stayed there many, many years ago, but all of them have a very unique feel. So I, I think that's also an element that that's missing in a lot of other businesses. I've also noticed the other element in hotels is everybody seems to have a connection to the guest. Uh, whereas so many other businesses, the guest is very removed. They don't see them. It happens in a virtual way. So all of these things have an impact. It does. And the the thing, and I'm sure we may get into this uh, on the show here, but mm -hmm. we talk about behind the scenes in hotels, there's so much time and effort goes into training. And yeah. 
it's not just about process training, although that's very important. Mm -hmm. A lot of the training is around customer service and how to interact with people, how to, how to speak with people. And we've seen a shift over the last, I'd say, five or six years where there, there used to be a lot of emphasis on specific uh, interaction standards. So how many times you use the name in an interaction, when you have to answer the phone, by how many rings, things like that. And those standards, you know, are starting to go away a little bit more in favor of how the customer feels when they're interacting with you. So rather than regardless of, I'll give you a good example. So sure. in a, in a 15 second interaction with someone, if you use their name three times, it can sound forced and just inauthentic. Sure. So welcome, Mr. Smith. Thank you for staying with us, Mr. Smith. Is there anything else I can do for you, Mr. Smith? Like <laughs> and you're just trying to cram all that in. Whereas if you tailor your interaction to what it is that not only what you're doing with the guest, but also in the the way that you perceive the guest wants to receive the service, that's that's been the big game changer in our industry in the last probably five years. Uh, and and you're, I think seeing that trend move into other industries, uh, hopefully if they adopt it, that's going to be one of the big ways or one of the main ways that other industries can improve their interaction with guests. And it's, it's, it's something that we professionals that do this every single day are still working towards. So I'm not, I don't want to put it out there as being easy, but like, that's where our mind is right now. That's, uh, that's really phenomenal. And I can imagine it gets very complex to, to master that, that level of, of interaction. Yeah, it does. And, and so, uh, the, 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 Elephant in the room is COVID-19 has had a, a disproportionate impact uh, on, the, on the hotel industry. Uh, huge, huge uh, early on in terms of the number of rooms, the occupancy rate, uh, in terms of the, the dollar spend that you're able to, to get within a hotel. Uh, what are some of the things that have been working and what are some of the things that haven't been working uh, in, in the industry? Um, uh, getting people to travel. hasn't been working (laughs) right not to make light of it but there's uh, i mean it's tough it's your sure point um it's it's uh we've got a long road ahead of us still in the hotel business um what has been the most inspiring aspect of the business that's that has emerged through this is it hotels do typically a very poor job of innovating. Mm-hmm. We stick to what works. Uh, nobody wants to be tip of the spear. Uh, if somebody's, <laughs> if one of your competitors is doing something and you're not doing it, then you'll probably do it too so that you can make sure that there's a level right. playing field, but nobody sticks their neck out. What we've seen in in the COVID time right now mm-hmm. uh, is hotels are looking at how they deliver services and drive revenue in a different way. So for example, many have moved to, whereas they never would have thought of this a year ago, moved to co-working. So the WeWork model and selling more rooms by the hour, selling lobby space by the hour, parceling out offerings within the hotel and then selling them on an individual basis. Typically, if you are not staying at a property, you walk in and you want to do something there, you won't be able to, they won't let you. Sure. Because they want to leave the 
availability for the paying guests at the hotel where there aren't any paying guests at the hotel by and large. So they, right. they have to find a way to drive new revenue. The other piece of it is that we've seen so much creativity, particularly in the food and beverage space in restaurants at hotel restaurants and, and you know, some of the more food and beverage focused properties, uh, providing services and, and, and goods to locals when they're in need. And, you know, mm -hmm. and a good example of that, there's a few restaurants that made that, that made headlines when they couldn't serve food in the restaurants. And so they completely changed their model and started offering um, staples and some of the goods that were hard to come by in, uh, you know, grocery stores and drugstores when the pandemic initially kicked off. Now, there's this huge supply mm -hmm. chain behind the scenes for hotels. Where, sure. You know, they get access to, you know, everything that you would need to basically run a household you can get in a hotel. Well, right. nobody could go to a Safeway and get paper towel, but hotels have a ton <laughs> of it, right? So they could right. sell paper towel get it through their restaurant. And then there were all these creative, interesting ideas that, that came out of this. And, and I'm encouraged mm. to see how this continues to, to move forward. And I think a lot of industries have reported the same as they said they it, it's forced them to be innovative. It, it's forced them to to rethink the business model. They, I heard a lot of people talk about in six months we accomplish what would have normally taken us six years to do. Um, if you're looking on the on the positive side of innovation and thinking about options that you've got. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and technology is a big piece of that. Uh, again, hotels res have resisted. It, we're just now starting to see texting become mainstream in sure. the hotel space, which is crazy to think about because it's that's I mean how we've all been communicating forever. Mm -hmm. But it's these it, it, in many respects the industry was behind uh, behind where probably where we should have been, and this has just forced us to get there. Right. And, and I, I think it, it's going to push even more if I think about certain hotel chains, you can have a contactless experience, getting your room key on your mobile device, et cetera. It forces for somebody who doesn't want to have those extra points of interactions. It, it allows that innovation to take place. But at some stage, it eliminates the magic that happens in a hotel. At some stage, it just becomes a room. What you talked about before, that, that perception, you still need human interactions for that to happen. Yeah, and that's a really interesting point. I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday, this exact mm -hmm. this exact conversation, where when you think back to 2008, 2009, when the right. big financial uh, collapse happened, uh, there were a lot of jobs in hotels that went away and never truly came back. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, we're in this position right now where uh, a lot of people in the industry have lost their jobs. And, and you've got this new influx of interest and money where it's available to bring new technology into hotels. And a lot of it, to your point, is contactless. Mm -hmm. So you can, it, it, it's not a very difficult thought exercise to see where that could end up going. To your point, sure. it just becomes a room. And, you know, I, I do think that there's going to be brands that emerge uh, and maybe some existing brands that reposition themselves to be more of a hybrid model. Think of it like when you go check into a vacation rental, like an Airbnb, mm -hmm. where you don't interact with anybody. Everything is automated. You get the keys somewhere and you just sort of go, you stay, and then you leave. And some hotels are, there's going to be an inflection point where, where hotels will try to figure out how to 
how to put as much of that style of technology into the property while being able to operate with as few staff as possible, only mm-hmm. to the point where it starts to hurt their the customer perception of their brand and the experience that they're trying to provide. So wherever those two lines meet, that's probably where the majority of the industry is going to settle. And then you'll have outliers, you know, all around sure. that point. Um, but it's, again, uh, it's still early days. Uh, it's really hard to look around that corner, but it, again, I, I think we're going there. Although that is the model of the select service brands, uh, which have had maybe one or two employees working in the hotel, very low touch. Here's your key and, and almost no restaurant dining experience. Uh, but the, 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 the range of revenue you can attract from that model is very limited. Yeah, it really is. And it just goes back to the original point about how important it's going to be to make sure that if, if, you're, if your property is going to go down that road, you better make sure that every, not just every operational piece of the business is on point. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that every potential touch point with staff is as good as it possibly can be, because there's going to be an element of retraining customers, right? It's going right. to be, it's a very different experience where if you have an expectation of a certain brand of hotel and they are uh, kind of forever changed from this pandemic and, and the service mm-hmm. offerings are changed because they just don't make any money anymore, then uh, everything else is that goes on there is going to have to fill that void one way or another. And so it, al- right. it always comes back to innovating the offering to the customer and making sure that every touch point is as good as it possibly can be and putting the mm-hmm. time and energy into making sure that that happens. Because again, I started with it and I always end with it. It doesn't happen by accident. You you have to put effort into it. Yeah, and I think that's the the piece that's differentiated in my experience. A lot of the hotel industry, at least at the, at the luxury end from a lot of other industries is that, that excellence of service uh, and really trying to anticipate needs, the personalization of, of the service experience, which is a, an area that so many other uh, industries struggle with because they're not able to drive it. They're they're struggling with the basics of of delivering promise made, promise kept, which is something that normally doesn't happen in in the hotel industry. Yeah, it's uh, you're right. We've seen this now for about a decade, where other industries are starting to hire hospitality mm-hmm. professionals away. And you know, I've spent a lot of time in the Silicon Valley area, and tech companies are hiring away um, <laughs> <laughs> hotel people. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the uh, hospitals are starting to hire away hotel people. Sure. Uh, the uh, assisted living facilities are starting to do that. It's just there's a recognition that there's something different about the hospitality person's brain and how they interact <laughs> with customers than in many other industries. I heard a story just the yep. other day that uh, and hard. Who knows if it's true, but it sounds like it probably could be true that somebody who works for a cable company, a a high level person who works for a cable company, um, said that their goal isn't to resolve problems when the customer calls in. Their goal is to either keep you on the phone or get you to call back several times because the more times they interact with you, the more likely they're able to sell something to you. Yes. That's uh, true. That that that's. I think I shared that story with you. Is is I was actually speaking to an executive in a contact center in a telco who basically 
felt that the more times the person called back to complain about their bill, the services weren't what they expected, whatever complaint came in, each one was an upsell opportunity. Isn't that so crazy? It's, it's fact. It's it's absolute insanity that you would think that uh, because if the person's irritated, I've never paid more when I'm irritated. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. As if that's going to resolve everything. Um, right. Yeah. Lock me into another contract for a few years. <laughs> that I, you know, save me ten bucks a month. It's exactly. Uh, it, so that's. I mean, but that's. That's. I, I think. Probably an extreme example, but it's that type of thinking that, or mm -hmm. when the manager uh, hides from customers, or you go to a store right. and you can't, the manager's not on the floor interacting with people. Mm -hmm. um, and you can even do, I mean, even in, in hotels and restaurants, there's, you've, you could think of examples, I'm sure, of your own personal experience where you've gone into hotels or restaurants and there's obviously someone in charge, front and center who's making sure that people feel welcome and that everything is running the way that it should. And mm -hmm. hospitality done well is very high touch. And that's what part of it is, is that you have to be involved. You can't manage from the back office. Absolutely. And very comfortable having those interactions and with guests and in some of the best hotels, I've seen the general manager or somebody kind of walking around meeting guests, having conversations with guests, things that don't typically happen in a lot of other businesses that lose that customer centricity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. So COVID-19, as it's, we we're talking about some of the, the challenges around it, uh, it's also created an opportunity to re-energize the industry, to, to, to fix the industry. There's like every industry, there are some, some challenges that exist. What are some of the things, the opportunities that, that you're hoping will get resolved or improve once we emerge from COVID-19? You know, uh, it's a great question. And there's a couple of things that come to mind. I think the first is that, you know, we have, we, we have many uh, vanity metrics that we put in place. Every industry does this. Hospitality is no different. But there's many vanity metrics that we put in place that we, we use to pat ourselves on the back to say we're doing a good job. Uh, and some of those are probably not going to be meaningful anymore. They probably, they haven't really been meaningful for a long time. Uh, and I'd like to see, I really do hope that we move away from some of those, uh, because what ends up happening is they, they either create busy work or they force people to focus on things that they're not necessarily good at and that they have to put a disproportionate amount of time into getting a, a few percentage points better at managing something that is just been self-inflicted anyway. Sure. Rather than making sure that you've got, or the people are sitting in the right seat on the right bus uh, and, and executing what they're good at every single day, where you they can put all of their time and energy into getting far better at something that they're already really good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the 80, 20 principle, I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to describe it, but I think, I think that's a place that we really need to go. The second side of this is, is conscientiousness. And I thought a lot about how I wanted to present this on the show today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think what it comes down to is when 
you're looking at developing in your career and, and, and moving up the ladder. There's mm-hmm. a principle on, if you've ever read the good to great book, yes. uh, there's a principle in there about level five leadership. And, mm-hmm. and what that is in very simple terms is, uh, is there's something different between people who are, uh, who, who are, you know, great managers or, you know, good leaders and great leaders. And what that comes down to a lot of time is, conscientiousness and how they interact with other people and and recognizing that the way that that they're perceived differently by different people and hospitality is so is is such an interesting business because i mean as a general manager i've had i literally had this experience where you could be in a four-hour boardroom meeting with the hotel owner who happens to be some big institutional insurance company or or investment group uh, getting hammered on numbers and performance. And and, I mean, we, (laughs) we can, I mean, baseball stats have nothing on how hotels, (laughs) uh, you know, break down their metrics. And so, and you got to know your stuff. So, you know, you walk in with these big binders and you're doing these big presentations. You could walk out of that and go into the kitchen and have a meeting with the, the, the cooking team and be doing a menu tasting and then mm. probably have to turn around and go talk to uh, uh, do a shift briefing for your PM housekeeping team. And you're just you're switching your brain from one side wow. to the other so quickly. But you're also interacting with those groups of people in very different ways. And the great leaders that I've worked with have been able to um, uh, to have the presence of mind and the humility to know that they have to uh, sh- they have to shift and uh, and we got to move through their day very fluidly uh, depending on who they're interacting with. It doesn't necessarily mean that their message is different, but they change how they're perceived by other people. And I think we need to get to that place. Uh, in hotels as well, um, because it's a it's a highly demanding industry. Right. Uh, the burnout rate is very high. We've we're just we're in the midst still of very difficult times. There's just mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, of personability I think that we need to bring back into how we manage one another within the industry. Very very interesting, um, and and a lot of food for reflection. And I can only imagine shifting from a board meeting essentially to a high touch, high service or, or food tasting, the difference in terms of how you need to show up and you can't transpose the frustration from one, but even the way you're thinking in one environment to the other, because you need the best of each person every moment. Yeah, you can't. And the, the, I think the problem is that there's so self-awareness is so hard Mm -hmm. to come by sometimes. Right. So we, we've talked about this stuff forever. Everybody knows this to be true, but when it comes down to being in practice and being in the office or interacting with your teams, uh, so many so many leaders get thrown off by having a bad day or a bad interaction, and they take that out on everybody else on their team. And some of them do know that they're doing it, but they do it anyways. And some have no idea that that's how they're coming across. And in an industry like hospitality that is so much about how you make people feel right you 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 if you're going to be in the industry you really do have to have a higher level of knowledge about how you're perceived and coming across right if you want to be successful you're making me 
Yeah, you're making me think of some food shows on TV uh, that are on reality TV around what happens behind the scene in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a notorious industry. Yeah, for sure. For Absolutely. Sure. It's, uh, some of it's for show. Some of it, you know, of course, it, it does happen. Um, but yeah, you know, those those are really the two things. I mean, it's the vanity metrics and conscientiousness. Is, in, Excellent. In, for me, that's what it comes down to. Excellent. So uh, maybe in, in, in closing, I'd love if you could share a little bit about your podcast, because uh, I think there may be some some interest from some of the listeners here that are looking at customer experience. How do I drive it forward? Can you share some some highlights as to uh, the, the Proven Principles Hospitality podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So the show, I started it as a passion. I'm sorry. I started it on, I mean, to be fully transparent, I started it as a, a way to increase the sales funnel for knowing hospitality, the, the management company. <clears throat> and it's turned into over the course of the year, this immense passion project where, uh, the, the goal of the show is to bring on industry experts and in hospitality, if you think of it like a, like a bike wheel, you know, yeah, you've got the, the center, the center nut of hotels and restaurants and vacation rentals, but there's all these offshoots, these spokes of people who are hospitality adjacent. So you mm. could, I've had food beverage people on, I've had attorneys on, uh, tech uh, folks on, startup founders. I mean, it kind of runs the gamut. And the idea behind the show is to take a look behind the curtain about what the best run hotels do every day and mm. how people can take some of those principles, hence the Proven Principles podcast, and implement them in their businesses, uh, whether they're uh, in hotels, restaurants, vacation rentals, or anything else, any business is looking to improve their customer service and do it in a way that is customer centric, then, uh, then the show is, uh, hopefully there's something for them there. I, I love it. And very much aligned with, uh, the why I wanted to, to bring you on, on my podcast. So thank you very much, Adam, for, for, uh, for joining me today and for sharing some of your insights and knowledge and, and definitely wish you the very best. I know these are incredibly challenging times in the hospitality uh, space. Yeah, I appreciate it, Eric. It was great being on. And uh, if anybody wants to find me or get a hold of me, if they have any questions, uh, they can just head over to the website, knowinghospitality.com, contact me there, and uh, I'd be happy to dive deeper on anything we talked about today. Excellent. Thank you so much, Adam. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Like what we do? Share this on your socials and tell everyone. Thank you for listening to the CX Guru on C-Suite Radio. Increase the value you create. Grow your brand. Drive your success. Distinguish yourself from the pack. Come back in two weeks for the next episode. Or listen to our sister show, The Ops Guru, with Eric McCroskey. Fuel your future. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.